Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. So when Pastor Aaron kind of shared the topic with me, the joyride, I thought, man, I love that topic. Because I remember joyrides as, as a teenager. And I just think, you know, when I think of joyrides, I think there's just this carefree sense of, I'm just going to go. I don't even know where I'm going. There, there has a little, little, little bit of bent of this that I just don't have any worries. I'm going to escape, kind of carefree freedom. But there's, it, it always just feels like when you say somebody's out for a joyride, it always feels like there's just a little bit of like recklessness to it. And, and I just started thinking about my, you know, teenage years. Me and my buddy, he had a beater. And if you don't know what a beater is, it's just a car that you don't really like, but it's a mode of transportation. And then you don't really care if it gets beat up because you really didn't pay for it anyway. By like repairing a tire is going to cost more than you paid for the whole car. And we had this beater and there was this, there was this bump and we would always pick people up because seatbelts weren't a thing. We didn't care, right? Seatbelts are like, ah, let's just throw eight people in this four-passenger vehicle because who cares? Because seatbelts weren't really mandatory then, and you didn't need a five-point harness for your children and all that good stuff that we need now. Anyway, I digress. So we're, we're in this car, and we always knew when this, when this hill was coming, and we would always just kind of get people in conversation so they weren't really aware and just at the last moment, he would full throttle down and hit this thing. And it, I, I swear I heard the Duke boy horn, you know, the Duke's a hazard horn every time in my head because it was like, and it, I mean, we got air. And when we hit, I swear I wish video cameras on our phones were a thing then because I would have, we would have been like so famous on YouTube. People were hitting their heads on this thing. And if there were beverages, I'm not saying they were, but if there were, they were just everywhere all over the place. And that was our joyride. It was a little bit reckless. It was a little bit just probably irresponsible and pretty much careless. But we would just go fast and we were free. And so I actually looked up joyride. I'm like, well, what is the definition of joyride? And here's what Webster says. A ride taken for pleasure. He says usually in a car or an aircraft. But an automobile ride marked by reckless driving as in a stolen vehicle right? Because that's what a lot of times people say they're going to joyride. They'll steal something, drive it like it's hot, drive it like it's stolen, right? It says, conduct, here's the part I want to tap into today, conduct or action resembling a joyride, especially in disregard of cost or consequences. When we hit that bump, we weren't thinking, wonder how much this is going to cost us. We weren't thinking, what if we roll this sucker? We were thinking, we're going to have some fun, and we're going to have some laughs, and we're going to have some memories. And I believe me, being a pastor wasn't even on my radar. So 20 years from now, when you become a pastor, you can tell this story in a church. Never did that even come into my mind. But he had this beater, and there was truly this disregard for cost or consequences. And, and now we have, we, I would have never had my license when I was a teenager if we had the apps that we have now, because now we can see how far somebody is driving through an app. We can see how fast they're going, how much gas is in their car, what they ate for breakfast. I mean, it's so ridiculous now. There's no way that we would, I would even have a license. 
But life was different then, and we're not going back. It felt like it was a little bit simpler, but we're not going in reverse. And sometimes on this joy ride, what do you do when you lose the joy on the ride? What happens when you find yourself in a place that you never thought you would be in? And maybe you hit a roadblock. Anybody ever been on a long trip and you just hit a roadblock and you're like, yes, no way. Roadblocks are like the worst thing ever because now you got to totally, we got to go out of our way. It's going to take more time. We didn't calculate this gas. We got to add another P-stop. Come on, we can't, we can't just blow through this thing. And, and roadblocks are always inconvenient. But I want to talk to us today about what if roadblocks were there for a reason on this joyride. That roadblocks don't cause us to lose our joy. Roadblocks actually help us find our joy. They force us to recalculate. If you're anything like me, you use GPS. I, I could seriously get lost coming here and I know where I was going if I'm following GPS. Because it tells me too far in advance. Like, turn right. If you watch The Office, right, he's like, turn, oh, I drove into a lake today. <laughs> That's me. I can get lost with GPS and I'll just do what it says. I'm like, oh, why am I in this parking lot? But I, I turn my Siri or my, my GPS onto like the English woman so I don't feel so bad when she's yelling at me saying, you moron, turn around. It's always recalculate, recalc, recalculate, and you just feel so dumb. But recalculating isn't always a bad thing on this ride that we are meant to have joy on. So the bottom line is this. To have a great summer joy ride, we have to reframe, reframe our view of roadblocks. Because we are so, if you ask somebody how they're doing, what's the answer you normally get? Oh, so busy. Whew, tired, tired, so busy. And I just think, when did that become like the cultural norm that it's almost celebrated that the busier you are, the more important you are. The more tired you are, the more busy you are. There, you're the more important. And I'm just thinking, is anybody looking at us as followers of Jesus who should have more joy than anybody saying, I want what they have? Or they look and saying, eh, I've already got that. I, I, I don't, if, if Jesus is making them like that, I'm good. So I kind of want to reframe this today. And we're going to talk about not just joy for the ride, but how do we, how do we, what do we do when we hit the roadblocks? And I want to identify two roadblocks that we're going to talk about today. And this is rest for our mind. This is rest for our body. It's rest for our soul. And I love the verse in uh, Matthew 11, 28 through, through 30. And I want to just say this, why do roadblocks matter? Because it forces us to do something that we aren't already doing. So through that lens, if we hit a roadblock and we blow through it, then we're going to end up in a place that's probably a little bit dangerous with disregard for consequences or cost. So look at Matthew 11, verses 28. And the first verse, right out of the gate, Jesus says this, come to me. All right. There's already a responsibility on our part. He's saying, come to me. So if we're too busy or we're too tired, guess what we're not doing? We are not coming to him because that requires active. It requires activity. It requires us to actually do something. And he says, he says all who are weary and heavy laden. Anybody would say, man, I'm, I'm just tired. I got a lot on my mind. I'm not even sure what to do with it. I don't even know what I would do with it if I did know what to do with it. I'm just tired. I'm heavy laden. So this is you. He's saying, come to me, but I don't, have enough, I don't have enough energy to do it. All you who are weary and heavy laden, well, I got a lot going on. He says this, I will give you rest. Anybody need that? I just, I just need rest. He says, take my yoke upon me, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble. You will find rest for your souls. 
And that's the part, not just your mind, not just your body, but coming to Jesus is a supernatural experience that gives us rest for our souls. It's the only way that we can get rest for our souls. So I want to look, so, so that's, the, that's the foundation for where we're at right now. And then I just want to take a look at James 4.14 because this wrecked me. And you've probably all heard it, but you've probably all heard this verse in like a funeral because it says this, James 4.14. Yet you don't know what your life will be tomorrow. What is your life? For you are a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. When I show up here and I see some of your children, I'm like, oh my gosh, they've grown so fast. You'll post pictures and you'll be like, where did the time go, right? We always are looking back at the memories and saying, wow, how did we get here so fast? Or, you know, even graduations, we just went through another season. And now when you say your, your kid or your nephew or your friend is a junior in high school or whatever age they are, you're like, man, where did the time go? Anybody been at Simple Church from the very beginning? Yeah, pre-launch. You guys know how long I go? I, I had to ask because launching was over six years ago, so the concept was even before that. Does it feel like it's been six years? It feels like 30, right? <laughs> says the ministry workers. But for the rest of us, like, oh, man, I remember, I remember when we started in a funeral home. I remember when we, it just seems like yesterday, where did the time go? How did we get from there to there to here to wherever we're going next? Time just seems to go so fast. Anybody ever had somebody die close to them? Boy, that, if that doesn't put this verse, and I think that's why they use it in funerals, because it's like a vapor. My dad passed away at the end of 2017, and he was only 70 years old, and I'm thinking, where did those 40-something years go that I got to be alive with this man? Where? Wow. I was just a 10-year-old kid getting a bike for Christmas. What happens now? It goes so fast. And so that really caused me to just kind of reframe what, what do we do with busyness? And, and I love this quote that says, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. It's the same result. Because if you're too busy to come to me, you're going to be heavy, you're going to be weary, you're going to be heavy laden, and you're not going to get the, fre- the, the refreshness of the soul. And if we believe that the joy of the Lord is our strength, but we don't have the joy of the Lord, you wonder why you're tired? Because you're not coming to me, because we're too busy. But what are we so busy doing? Is it just a vapor? Is it going to go by so quick and eventually you're going you're to be like, well, what, what did I do? What, where did all my time go? I watched Stranger Things. I binged on season three. But where did those 18 hours go? It's vapor. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. And I, I just remember thinking, God is not impressed with my busyness. Now, social media may be because you're getting a lot of likes when you're putting it out there of how busy you are. But what are we so busy doing that we don't have the time or the energy to simply come to me? You're weary, you're, you're heavy laden, you don't have joy, but yet we aren't coming to me. So the only way to handle this roadblock to this joy ride is to rest and reframe. And I just, I, I started recently my own coaching and consulting. When I talk to people, that's one of the biggest things that I hear them say is, oh, I'm just so busy. I just don't have enough time. I just don't have. And here's what I'm finding, that people are, some people, not you, not you, not you people, especially the ones that clap like this, not you. (laughs) I'm finding that people keep themselves busy because they don't want to slow down because if they slow down, they might stop. If they stop, they might think. If they think, they might feel. If they feel, 
they're going to hurt. Because we've got all this stuff going on from our past that we haven't dealt with. We've just figured out how to navigate through it. And if I'm so busy, then I don't have to think about those things. But what, what's causing us to be so weary and heavy laden? It's all these things from our past that we're now trying to outperform because we need the approval of somebody that might not even be around anymore. Because we're so driven to do more. Why? For who? God's not impressed with your busyness. And here's what I know, that we will always do more to avoid pain than we will to experience pleasure. So our fear has us so caught up in this narrative of if I stop, I'm going to feel. If I feel, then I'm going to hurt. I don't want to do that, so I'm just going to stay busy. And that is one of the biggest roadblocks to this joy of, of this ride that should be filled with joy. You look at children's depression, it is at heights that we've never seen before. Childhood depression. Why is that? A lot of studies will show that childhood depression or anxiety or even suicide is at such a high level because they don't have any unstructured playtime. Everything is get up, do this, do this, busy, 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 vapor, 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 because we are modeling for our children the behaviors that they're going to repeat. And they're saying, there's no fulfillment in this busyness. I just want to play. I want to grab a stick and play in the dirt. I want to go down to the creek and throw rocks. I just want to be a kid. And we're saying, no, perform. It's about appearance because i got to put it on Facebook. Busy, 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 vapor, vapor, vapor. Pastors are killing themselves. Why? Vapor. We get caught up in things that it's never been meant to be caught up in. I talk to pastors all the time, and they're like, I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore. Vapor. Vapor, vapor. It becomes about things it was never meant to become about. So as Christians, do people see that you have a life of peace and joy and patience and kindness? Or do they just see that you're just like them? There's no differentiator anymore because Christians are killing themselves at an alarming rate as much as anybody else is. Vapor. What's the answer? He says the answer. Come to me. And I don't want to minimize that as just a ah, simple, just, just pray. No, no. I don't want to minimize that. It's truly come to me. Because if we believe the joy of the Lord is our strength, where do we get that joy? The joy of the Lord is our strength. So I'm weary. I'm tired. Come to me. You're too busy. Slow down. Come to me. I don't want to slow down. I'll feel. Come to me. I can handle all of that. When we prioritize Jesus, when we simply step back or slow down and come to him, he will show us how to prioritize everything else. And I love this quote. We don't need to pray what to prioritize. We prioritize from our prayers. What if we did that? What if we just simply stopped long enough to, Lord, you direct my footsteps this day. If we really believe that the steps of the righteous are ordered by God, my only responsibility is to be in a right-standing relationship with God, and he's already ordered my steps. But I don't slow down long enough to hear. I don't slow down long enough to see. I don't slow down long enough to even worry about or think about, is that the right next step? What if you had a conversation with Jesus? Because I don't want to minimize. I, I don't want people to just say, oh, we'll just pray about it. Because I don't, I don't even know that we fully embrace encountering a supernatural being. I love, I love when you set up here, hey, you, there's, there's times we can just sing these songs and we do and we don't remember, the, we don't think of the words. I want you to think of the words. When she said that, I thought of those words and I'm like, oh my gosh, it became so much more impactful. 
because I was visualizing him splitting the seed to the problems I have right now. I was telling myself I'm a child of God, and I felt just this fullness of this supernatural encounter with God. It wasn't just singing words on a screen. So I am not saying have a conversation with Jesus and throw some words up at the ceiling and hope they get beyond there. What if we encountered a supernatural Jesus the same way that you did when you heard about him and decided to make him the Lord of your life? And if you haven't done that yet, what if you did that? Come to me, all you who are weary. I will give you rest and rest for your soul. In that conversation, what if you just simply ask, Lord, what is one thing I need to start doing that I'm not currently doing? You say, well, I'm already too busy. I can't start anything else. And maybe he's just going to say, I need you to start building time in to sit and rest and hear and respond. What is one thing I need to stop doing? Sometimes a stop doing list is as good as a start doing list. What if you had a conversation with Jesus? What's one thing I need to start? What's one thing I need to stop? And as a coach, I would say, you make a plan. You, you take a note. You make a plan. You make the changes. And find somebody to hold you accountable to that. Because that's the only way true change happy, happens. Because busyness it's just a vapor. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. What really does it matter? The second joyride roadblock that I want to talk about is worry. Come to me, weary, worried, heavy laden. I will give you rest. Worry has such a way of stealing our joy. And if you think about it, worry is simply using our imaginations to forecast a negative future. What if we used our imaginations to ask Jesus into that space and say, how do you see this thing playing out? The other day, I was at, my, uh, at, at the dentist with my 11-year-old daughter named Reagan, and she's laying on the table, and she still had a piece of a baby tooth, just a little, like a shrapnel piece, real tiny. But they, here's the language this, this bedside man or dentist had to say. He's like, we need to extract the tooth. What are you hearing as an 11-year-old? They're going to cut my face off. I mean, this, this little girl laying on this table, we need to extract the tooth, immediately just starts crying. In my best parenting coaching moments, I'm like, hey, let's reframe this. I didn't do that. I was just kidding. I said, Reagan, why are you crying, honey? Tell me, tell me what's going on. She's like, they're going to pull my tooth. I'm like, yeah, and? And it's going to hurt. She's forecast. She's using her imagination to forecast pain in a negative future. And so I was like, what if? And I started talking to her about it. And the next day we go in, and they, they did a great job. I think they even gave her some laughing gas. I'm like, man, I want some of that. And they pulled this thing out, and when you looked at it, it looked like a tip of a thumbnail. It was so ridiculous. And they said, well, we're done. And she just looked at me like, we're done? Now I'm going to overparent this. I said, Ray, what was worse, thinking about it being done or it actually being done? And she's like, without thinking about the consequences of this statement. She's like, oh, thinking about it. And I'm like, yes, I'm the man. Who's your daddy? Oh, oh, I am. Literally, I am. But I started thinking about that. Isn't that what we do? We hit a situation, and then we use our imaginations to forecast a negative outcome, and we call that worry. And we call that, well, I'm just protecting myself. Well, I'm just preparing for. No, it's worry. And God is not impressed with your worry. In fact, we know that that's dishonoring to God. And, 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 and uh, as Jason was introducing me, I just stepped into a role of, of full-time. This is the first time I've ever been without full-time ministry paycheck. So I'm doing my own thing, and Pastor Aaron was a huge part of believing in me enough to step out on my own and do this. But I was so worried 
it's mid-June, and I know come July 1, I'm eating what I kill. If I'm not out killing anything, I'm not eating. There's no food on the table. I'm using my imagination to forecast a negative future. We're going to be homeless. I'm not going to have any food. My wife's going to leave me. My kids are going to say I'm a failure. Everybody's going to laugh at me. I, I'm, I'm ser- I was literally doing that. And, and a coach friend of mine said, hey, what if we walked through this exercise? And all he did was kind of gave me this mental shift of imagine what it, what it could look like. And then I just started to think of all the people that are walking in the fullness and the freedom that Christ died for them to have. I'm thinking of people like your pastor who's saying, you know what, I'm on this journey to health and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that I see these roadblocks as an opportunity to get healthier so I can help other people get healthier. I started thinking of all these people that were changed for the better, that they're slowing down because they're not afraid to bring up these emotions because now they know what to do with them, or at least they have somebody walking it through. I was weary. I didn't have any joy. And this, a coach friend of mine stopped and said, what if we use that same imagination to create a newer mindset? And guess what? It's never been better. Now I'm only month one into this thing, but it is so fulfilling that I can't imagine going back and doing what I was doing. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I know we're in the book of Philippians, and I love this verse. This was the verse that literally walked me through this whole transition. Don't worry about anything, and I hate telling people that. Well, just don't worry. Okay, well, then tell me what I should do with it. Great, here it is. Pray about everything. And we just talked about don't minimize, just say pray. Interact with the Heavenly Father. Create an experience where you're interfacing. Tell God what you need, and then I love this. Then turn it into gratitude. Tell him what you need, but then thank him for what he's already done. Then you will experience peace, which exceeds anything that you can even understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ. Think about that. I woke up this morning thinking, all right, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. All right, what is everything? And I just started listing out the things. All right, here's everything, Lord. Here's what I need. Man, thank you. And that immediately shifted. Do you know you cannot feel two emotions at the same time? If you're mad at somebody, what do you have to do? Oh, you know what? I'm mad at them, but I really am grateful that they're there. Immediately it shifts. You cannot feel two emotions at the same time. So if you're feeling worried, what would happen if you flip that script? He says, come to me. I'm, I'm worried. I'm weary. Come to me. I will give you rest. So in that moment of peace, I feel like God gave me, gave me a statement, and I have it on my phone, and every day at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, this statement pops up on my phone, and it says, don't get caught in the worry of the future. Stay focused on the faith in the moment. So I just think, where are my feet? Be right there. Because tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Today, I'm right here with a great group of people who truly want to encounter the Lord Jesus, and I'm like, this is a good day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will have joy again, and I will be glad in it. Worry is just projecting the negative. So which is worse? And then talking to, to Reagan, which was worse? It was the forecasted negative future, and it was vapor. It was here today. It was gone tomorrow. Reframing. And again, I don't want to minimize things to just read and pray. We should be interacting with the Heavenly Father If we treat this as a casual relationship, we're going to get casual results. We're going to get casual response. But if we step in front of the supernatural creator of this universe, I think we'll get some supernatural responses. I think we'll get some supernatural answers. I think we'll get some supernatural experiences. And I'm not saying that's what we should be going for, but I'm saying we should at least 
Stop minimizing prayer to just throwing a whole bunch of words up into the ceiling. Because if we truly believe that the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us, we can do things that other people aren't doing. We can we not do things that other people are doing. We can have joy. We don't have to be so busy and full of worry. We can do things that other people are or aren't doing. Another verse that I just love, and it's, it's talking about joy, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says this, always be joyful. And you're like, yeah, I can't do that. Okay, hold on. Always be joyful. Never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances. Think about that. We're saying the same thing again. Reframe the worry. Thank God for what you have. It starts in conversation and interaction with God. And then I love this verse. It says, this is God's will for your life. Anybody say, well, I just wonder what God's will is. Here it is. That's it. Be joyful. Keep praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. That's God's will for your life. Come to me. Talk to me. Be thankful. This is God's will for us as followers of Jesus. Everything else, it's vapor. Everything, vapor, vapor, vapor. What can we do? Have a conversation with Jesus. What can I start? What can I stop? What can I do? What if you have a gratitude journal that every day before you go to sleep, you just write down three things that you're grateful for? You want to talk about a mindset shift? Even Oprah now is on this train of like, this gratitude journal, before you go to bed, write three things. She's out promoting this because it's changed her life. Because it's reframing everything. These roadblocks to joy. When you start looking for things you're grateful for, guess what you're going to find? Things you're grateful for. When you go to bed with worry, guess what you're going to wake up tomorrow with? The same worry. Because it's not going away. Because you're using your imagination to forecast a negative future. I want to end with this statement here. And, and I heard it. all the Ivy League schools, all of them are saying the same thing. That burnout happens It has nothing to do with the hours that you're working, with the job that you're doing, with the tasks that you're performing. With with, with Burnout doesn't have anything to do with that. Burnout happens when you can't assign meaning to what you're doing. Now think about that. You say, I'm burnout. I don't know that I can assign meaning to what I'm doing. And you say, well, how do pastors burn out? And that was me two years ago, laying on a bed, staring at a ceiling, thinking, why am I even doing this anymore? Well, because I couldn't assign meaning to what I'm doing. And how does that work in a church? Because it's all about Jesus, right? No, for me, it was a building program. It was the color of the carpet. It was people not showing up to when they said they would show up. It was people not giving when they said they would give. It was all this stuff. So burnout happens. And it happens to pastors. It happens to people in ministry. It happens to you. But it happens when you can't assign meaning to what you're doing. And I'm so grateful that as a church, you have a pastor who loves you so much. But guess what? It's tough in ministry. Statistics will show that nine out of 10 pastors don't finish in ministry. When they start in ministry, they don't finish in ministry. Because burnout happens. Because you can't assign meaning to what you're doing. And so when Pastor Aaron gets back, I pray that this church rallies around him in such a way that's saying, hey, my sword is in this fight. My hand is in the middle. What can I do? Because it's going to be a crazy season. What if we all rallied around each other and our pastor and said, no, no, no. There ain't nobody burning out on my watch because this mission is way too important. So God's not impressed with your busyness. He's not impressed with your worry. He's saying, you tired? Hey, come to me. I got you. My yoke. I, I got it. It's like. So I'm going to ask if you would, if you just bow your heads. And I want to walk you through something to just help you realize that this whole thing is just about vapor. 
So as you bow your heads and just close your eyes, and I just, what if in this moment you just relaxed and even just put yourself in a posture, maybe as both feet on the floor, sitting upright, and just taking in a deep breath and truly feeling and being grateful for that breath coming in your nose and filling up your belly. Feel it filling up your belly and feel it filling up your chest. And as you exhale, it's probably the first time you've sat this long. Now I'm just going to ask you, as you keep taking those really deep breaths and feel the, the warmth of the going into your nose and the coolness as it comes out, what if you were in a place where you felt so safe, there was no fear of worry, no fear of judgment, no fear of failure, no gossip, no drama, no nothing. Maybe you've been there before and you can go back to this place. Maybe you've never felt so safe and you just created in your own mind. Let's use our imaginations to create something that you're so safe. There's no worry. There's no fear. There's no judgment. There's no failure. There's no tired. And what if you just invited Jesus into that place? And you say, Jesus, would you join me here? And even as he's coming to you, picture what is he wearing? Has he got on the, the, the traditional Jesus garb? Or is he wearing something totally different? Because this is your space. Whatever you want to do with it, you do that. What's he wearing? And you invite him over. Has he got a full beard or is it kind of a five o'clock shadow? Has he got some, some gray in it or is it totally, what, what color is his beard? What color are his eyes as he looks you right in the eyes? You can see the, the blacks of his pupils just staring into your eyes. And maybe this is the first time you ever really feel like you've looked at the detail of Jesus' face. Does he got some wrinkle around his eyes? Are they welling up with tears because he's so happy to see you because he says come to me and you're saying I'm here now what and now in this 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 space that there's no fear there's no judgment there's no there's no failure just you and Jesus what if you asked him Lord what's one thing I need to start and I just want you to pause a moment take that deep breath and let him speak to you and watch his lips move as he talks to you What's he saying? And now maybe you just say, Jesus, thank you for that. What's one thing I need to stop doing? Because I am tired. And he says, come to me. I'll give you rest. Here's one thing to start. Here's one thing to stop. And now you say, yeah, but I've got a lot of worry in my life. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Why don't you just, in this moment of sacred, supernatural interface with Jesus, tell Jesus what you need. Tell him what you need. And let him respond. Let him respond in a supernatural, Jesus-loving way. He said, come to me, and here you are. And you said, Jesus, I'm worried about or I'm concerned about or this is what's on my mind. What is he speaking directly to you right now? And as you take a deep breath in, you're just receiving everything Jesus has for you right now. You're receiving peace and love and joy, 
patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And now just in this safe place, what if you and Jesus just embrace? And before you go, you tell him how much you love him. And before he goes away from you, what is the one last thing he says? Then you embrace. And Father, we thank you so much for who you are. That, Lord, this many people in the room, and yet we can have an individual experience with you because you are a supernatural being. And we are able to go to this safe place, this perfect place to encounter you. It's not about just saying words and hoping they get to you. Lord, what if we used our imaginations, we used these powerful minds that you gave us to create opportunity to interface with the Savior of our souls? Lord, what would that look like if we slowed down long enough to sit and think and feel? And then what if we gave you the pain? What if all that pain that came up, we brought it to you in this safe place? Lord, what would happen with that? What would Simple Church be able to do with a bunch of people that's walking in the fullness and the freedom that Christ died for them to have? So, Father, if there's any here today that don't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that that's what you spoke to them, that they need to come to know you as Lord and Savior. And, Lord, if that's their personal decision, then I know that you met them right where they're at. And for some, maybe you just said, I just am so grateful that you came back to me. It's been a while, but I've always been here waiting. Your word says that if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. And, Lord, today we took a step to draw near to you, and we know that you met us exactly where we were. We came to you not worried about anything, pray about everything, tell you what we need, and thank you for all that we have. Then we will have this supernatural peace that we just can't even possibly understand. And Lord, I just pray that as we leave this place today, that the joy of the Lord would be our strength. Because we just had an encounter with you, and we drew strength from you. And may we walk in that joy on this joy ride of life. Father, we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's give it up for Pastor Gary. I don't know, I don't know about you, but uh, I think I've got a new morning routine. That was, that was incredible. Um, so I just want to briefly go over a few announcements here. Um, so if you are, if you're feeling led in any way and you're like, where do I go from here? Well, we have a couple next step options here. So we have, we have baptisms coming up uh, in, in a couple weeks. If you're interested in getting baptized, uh, see me or, or, um, or uh, the Connect Center in the back. Um, after service, so after right now, after service, we have our ice cream truck. Yeah. So, so if, if you're new to the church, so we, we've, we've, kind of, we've been doing this. Uh, it's, uh, we, we bring a guy in, and he's got an ice cream truck. Um, if you are interested in getting ice cream, it's on us. Just see somebody in the, in the, by the uh, back doors wearing a blue shirt. Tell them how many people you have in your family. They'll give you some tickets, some blue tickets. Take them out to the ice cream truck and, uh, and get some ice cream. Ice cream Sunday. Yeah. Um, next one, VBS. So VBS, VBS starts tomorrow. So uh, it's not too late to sign up if you still have kids that that want to participate, or if you want to volunteer, if you're feeling led to volunteer, 
um, it's not too late. Uh, just see somebody with a yellow shirt, kids ministry, um, or, uh, or Pastor Kyle here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and if you're interested in helping out, we, do, we are doing a, a VBS setup today, this afternoon, 3 o'clock here at the church. Come on by. Um, we could use some, could use some help. Um, <laughs> uh, fall Grow Groups. So Fall Grow Groups start September 1st. Um, if you're interested in leading a group, you can, you can come see me. You can shoot me an email. Uh, but the official interest link will be going up on our Facebook page, and, um, and we'll, we'll, be, we'll be sending that out. Uh, baby dedications next week. If you have a baby that you would like to uh, have dedicated, um, see, our, they can go online, right? The website? Yep. So our website, uh, mysimple.church, go on the website. There's a baby dedication sign up there. Um, and if you need any prayer at the end of service, we'll have, we'll have people up here at the altar available to pray and, and, and meet those needs. The last one, so this week, uh, we have a youth event at Laser Craze. So if you have, uh, if you have a student that, uh, that, that wants to shoot some lasers and just have fun, okay. Laser Craze, Thursday night. Uh, Kara Jones, or you can go, uh, I think on our Facebook, Facebook page has the signups and everything for that. Uh, lastly, giving. So I, I just want to say, I know Aaron, he talked about the, uh, the, the 4th of July parade, but I can tell you, Friday night, I mean, it's still, I'm still hearing things about the parade. I have a friend that lives in, in, in the Grove City area, and she told me Friday night that, that one of her friends her her daughter or, or or her child got a bike from us. I mean that's that's that is that's awesome. I mean I love it, and I, I love that it's still going out and we're still reaching the community and reaching people. Uh, but if you if you uh, if you do have a a tither and offering, envelopes are in the seat backs, and you can drop it off at the give box in the back, uh, or we have these uh, these other ways to donate uh, to give, um, and uh, the text to give is super easy. But but let me pray us out, and then you get your ice cream and. And head on out. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you for, uh, for Pastor Gary's word today. I thank you for, for, for these people, for everybody that's serving. Father, I pray that, that, uh, that every dollar that's given today, um, that it's, just, it's, it's used to, to, to spread your word and to touch lives and change, transform, transform people. Father, we love you. We praise you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.